Good morning, my lovelies. I hope you had a most awesome weekend, a most awesome week. And I wish you a most wonderful, wonderful week ahead. I am coming to you from the comforts of my room. <laughs> Yesterday, I bought some hyacinths. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And I took one of them and put it in my bedroom window. So when I got up this morning, I heard the birds chirping. And I took my first morning breath. And I smelled the hyacinths. And I was in my zen. (laughs) So I said, I'm going to do this episode here. So this week, uh, I told you guys before, I am an avid reader. I love to read. Like I take a book everywhere I go. I was like that with my children. Uh, Whenever we went somewhere, grab a book because when we're sitting on the train, you're going to read. So uh, I'm sure I got on their nerves, but I didn't care. They read. So I will read any genre that you give to you. If you recommend a book, I will definitely put it in my my stockpile. And, you know, when I get to it, I'm reading it. I'm going to read it. Except, except (laughs) horror. (laughs) I don't do horror. I I, I don't even watch horror movies. I am a big fat chicken. So I can't even read a horror book. When I read books, especially fiction, I immerse myself in the characters. Like, in my imagination, I am the main character in this book. I am going through these things. So, you know, it's so vivid for me that if I was reading a horror book, (laughs) every little sound in my house would be like, oh my God, what's that? What is that? Did you hear that sound? Did you hear? I would be thinking there's ghosts on ghosts on ghosts (laughs) in my house. So, um... I I know my limitations, so I stay away from that. But this week, I read a book uh, by Zane. Shout out to the queen of erotica. Uh, her books definitely have the imagination going. And I'm for it. I'm for it. So there was a conversation going on between the main character and another character. And she was talking about her dash. And the other character... You know, it was like, what is Dash? What is that? And she said, it's the time between the day they are born and the day they die. What's reflected on their tombstones? And I was like, whoa. You know, it it made me stop reading. You know, so for me, again, you guys know that I am a talker. I'm like that when I'm reading too. Just, just, Just go, 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 go. Right. Because I'm just all in. Uh, anything that stops me in my tracks, you know, I have to take a moment and go, whoa, whoa, let's think about that. Let's, uh, all, all the, all the things going on in my head. I'm like, slow down. Let's, let's dig deep on that. So it made me think about my dash and I never actually thought about that. I never actually the dash is just something so small when it's written, right? So the only time I've ever really paid attention to the dash was to do the mathematics on how long this person lived. So it occurred to me, your born date is one singular event. 
your death date is one singular event. But the dash is all of the living, all of the events of living in between. So it made me start thinking about all of my events and if I was living in my dash. So we talked about dreams deferred uh, on a different podcast, on an earlier on an earlier podcast, and I tend to believe that I know for myself, um, I put a lot of dreams on the top shelf in the back of the closet where the cobwebs are, um, because it was for the benefit of my family, and we talked about women have a tendency to do this, but men do it also. You know, they have dreams of, you know, jobs and their perfect careers and their perfect homes and their perfect cars. And, you know, and then like myself, might have kids young, might've gotten married young and took this factory job, you know, because it was a union job, shout out to union jobs. And it paid well and it sustained the family. It gave them the stability to be home when they needed to be home. Um, it gave them the the money that was needed to make sure that their family was good, that their kids never wanted for anything, never needed anything, uh, help pay for college and all of those good things so that their kids could live their dreams. But in the meantime, you know, he put those, his dreams, deferred them, put them on the top of his closet shelf, you know, his dream job and his, you know, hobbies and his dream car, you know, those things, put them on the top of the shelf and kind of left them there. You know, then the kids got older and he decided to pull down the car (laughs) and we looked at it as a midlife crisis, but but in actuality, it was one of his dreams deferred. So men go through it also. So when I was in the second grade, I, um, I'm dating myself, I'm sure, uh, because I don't even know if they do this anymore, right? Um, we had what was called career day. And your parents, excuse me, your, your classmates' parents would come in and they would talk about their jobs. And this kid, Jacob, his mom came in and she was talking about her finance job. She was an accountant. And it just sounded so fascinating to me because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do that because I am so good at math. I'm so good at it. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do, right? (laughs) And then uh, another classmate's father was talking about his conductor job. Now, I was that kid who loved trains. Like I was that kid who, when we were going to church, uh, we used to take the G train and back then it was the old trains where the front was, you know, you could look out the window and see all the tracks and, you know, all the curves and all the lights. I was that kid who was like, mom, we have to ride in the front car. We have to be in the first car. And she just obliged me because, you know, she's like, okay, fine, whatever. It didn't matter to her what, what car we were in, you know, whatever kept me quiet. So, um, I was that kid who, uh, while we were waiting for the train, 
would be, would look at the subway map and go, mom, pick a spot where I start and pick a spot where I end. And then I have to figure out how to get there with the least amount of connections. And she would oblige me, (laughs) but I honestly believe she did because it was like, okay, whatever keeps her quiet. (laughs) Because if you think I was a talker now, you know, whatever keeps her quiet, like, okay, all right. She would just pick like from the Bronx to down in Brooklyn. And I'm like, are you serious? Like that is such a long route, but I would figure it out because I was just so in awe of it. You know, I had a train set. I was just such a strange girl. (laughs) So when I saw his father talking about being a conductor, I was like, I don't see many girl conductors. That's what I'm going to do. Girls can be conductors too. Right. So I decided that's what I was going to do in my life. Fast forward, I had kids young, I got married young. Being a conductor was not exactly the most um, beneficial thing for my family at the time when it came to time-wise and things like that. Uh, It just, um, you bounce around a lot, so it took away from time for the family and it wasn't necessarily stable. So I went into finance. I was good with numbers. So I did what I believe was the right thing for my family. My ex-husband made uh, a decent amount of money anyway. So uh, we were we were good. We were stable. But so I took that dream and put it on the top shelf in the back of the closet. In the back of the closet of my mind. Fast forward. Um, I became a single mother. <laughs> Not by choice, <laughs> but life happens. Life happens. It's one of the things in the dash. It happens. Um, and I definitely had to buckle down and stay in this finance job because I needed to make sure that my kids were good and, you know, something steady, things like that. They started to get a little older and <clears throat> I was um, I was a little unhappy. I was a little unhappy, not with them. I was, I was, I loved being a mother, was never unhappy with that, but within myself, because although I was good at what I did, I loved the companies I worked for. I was very fortunate to work for really good companies. I really did not like what I was doing. So, um, I remember my older daughter having this conversation with me. And um, she was just like, my kids are just wise beyond their years. They've always been wise beyond their years. And she's like, mommy, if you're not happy, go be happy. You know, and I told her what I wanted to do. And she was like, you know, I said, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of work, babe. And she's like, we got this. We can figure it out. Don't worry. You know, I mean, I had a great support system. So, you know, I was 30. And, you know, you go through this whole evolution, you know, when you turn to zero years and you're like, oh, my God, let's look back at the decade. And so I started sending out applications and it took about two years. And I remember when I got, you know, the word back about it, I was so ecstatic. I was just uh, I was elated. I, I, you know, it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. It was like I took a dream down. Uh, from the shelf and undeferred it. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm making it a word. And it it came true. And then I was scared. I was afraid because I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a lot bouncing around and yada, yada, yada. 
and we made it work. My kids are, are just <laughs> shout out to my cheerleaders, yo. Shout out to my my cheerleaders. They are they were so supportive. And you know, once I got enough seniority and it and I got settled, you know, I was taking these morning jobs. Um and when I mean morning, <laughs> It was like I was getting up at 3.30 in the morning because now I still don't want to take away from my children. So I was at work at 5 to be off at 1 and be at 1 was in basketball. You know, 1 day was running track at one time and, you know, 1 was in culinary and she had all these culinary shows. And, you know, so I would be up at 3.30, go to bed at 10 And that was pretty much my life, 10 if I was lucky, you know, and that was pretty much my life. And it was hard, but it was so worth it. So worth it. Um, Then 11 years goes by. My kids are grown and, you know, moved out of the house. And I realized that I had put a hold on my dash for some time. I got so I got a little complacent with, okay, I took this one thing off the shelf, no need to take anything else off, you know? Um, And I started wondering, you know, even before I even saw this dash thing, I now can put it into words, I started wondering, okay, when are you going to start living your dash again? You know, you put a, a, a pause in your dash, you know, Let's start doing that. Let's start living this dash before there's a date on the right side of it. I only want the date on the left side. But until there's a date on that right side, come on, woman, what are you doing? So last year, I decided I'm going to climb up to the top of that, that closet, to that shelf, and take all those dreams down. Take them down. You know, I'm not going to do I can't do them all in one shot, but like how I am with my books, I bought myself some nice bookshelves and I, I can, I, every day I see my books and I'm like, all right, what do I want to read? And I just pull a book from the shelf. No particular genre, no particular, just pull a book from the shelf. Hmm, this is what I'm going to read. Now that book might've been on the shelf for 10 years and I just hadn't read it, you know, but I was like, no, I'm going to start doing that. So that's what I did with my dreams. I put them on a visual, you know, a a bookshelf that I can see in my mind. And I pick from it. I pick from it. And a lot of these, there are some of these dreams that, you know, I could have done before. I could have undeferred before. Again, I'm making this a word. (laughs) Um, But I used excuses, the excuse of my children you know, um, as to why I was not going to deal with these dreams. When in actuality, it was fear. I was afraid. Uh, what if this doesn't work? You know, what if it takes away from the children? This is my excuse, right? Some, now some of these dreams, you know, uh, would, it, it, it would have taken away from my kids. So I did not need to take it. I did not need to undefer those dreams then, but there's no reason for it now. So let's put it in some sort of order, I guess, right? And let's knock them out. So my backyard, I 
for I've been here for 14 years. It was like a jungle back there. I just, and my, my reasoning, and it was a reasoning, it was, it was going to take a lot of money to do it. And I didn't want to take that away from my girls. Uh, but last year, okay. I, and now it becomes an excuse. So I got back there and <laughs> got to chopping and everything. And now it's my oasis. And I was sitting back there. I bought myself this fancy grill because I could, right? Because I've always kind of wanted that. I always imagined having that. And when I tell you I was grilling before work, <laughs> I was like, huh, I want a piece of salmon. I'm not putting this in the oven. I'm throwing this jammy on the grill. Then I'm going to go to work and I'm sitting there just smiling as I'm eating, you know, because I made this on my grill in my oasis. You know, one of the dreams that I took off the shelf. You know, I built it the way I wanted it. And it's still a work in progress. You know, I still, I started it later on in the summer. So uh, it still needed work and I'm working on it this year. And some of the hyacinths are going back there. I built flower boxes because I could, you know, and I might even take a carpentry class because I want to, (laughs) you know, one of these dreams, you know, uh, to take off the shelf and say, hmm, I think I could do this. I like building stuff. I'm going to do this. I'm going to add as many things to my dash that I can just simply because, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, this podcast was a dream deferred. And I said, you know what? I'm adding this jammy to my, my dash. And I did it. Why didn't I do it before? I was afraid. I wasn't even afraid that people wouldn't listen. I was afraid that people would listen. And would take in some of the things I'm saying. So that meant that I had to be in agreement with myself. The days that I'm not in agreement with myself, I had to be authentic about that with you guys and say, hey, (laughs) I'm not in agreement with myself. I need to figure some things out. And it's been my therapy and I'm loving it. And it's actually making me do more things. It's actually, you know, helping me live through that, that fear and say, I can, I can do this. You can still be afraid to do it, but you're still going to do it. Yeah, I'm still going to jump off that cliff into into the water and get to swimming. Shoot, I might even take a swimming class. I'm not the best swimmer. I think I'm going to take a swim class, <laughs> you know, and uh, get up on my swim game because I can. So I say to you, take those dreams down off that, off that top shelf in the closet. And you don't need to do them all right now. You don't need to, you know, some of them just don't need to be done right now. But some of them can. You want to paint? Man, listen, Michaels, uh, if you want to get your DIY on, do it. They have everything. You want to get your creativity going. You know, your hobbies that you can make into something. This is a hobby I'm making into what I believe is something. So do it. What do you have to lose? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's it. No harm, no foul. Move on to the next dream. Start living your dash. I will end this podcast as I end every podcast. Every day, my lovelies, aspire to inspire.